Hello and welcome to the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. In this podcast, we're shining a light on all things sustainability. We want to get you thinking about some of the challenges we face surrounding climate change and the natural world, whilst highlighting some of the innovative solutions happening at King's and beyond. So in this series, MSc climate change students Kate, Daniel and Elsa have taken the wheel to explore the job hunt from the climate perspective. As sustainability is a growing field across many different industries, we wanted to learn more about how you can pursue sustainability whatever your career aspirations. To do this, we explored the jump hunt from the climate perspective, interviewing professionals across a range of industries to find that inside scoop. We hope this podcast will inform and inspire you to help you find a job or develop your current role to make a sustainable difference. So hello and welcome to this episode of the King's Spotlight on Sustainability podcast. In this episode, we're very lucky to be joined by Matt Woodthorpe, who's Scotland Programme Manager at the Alliance for Sustainability Leadership in Education. The EAUC is a not-for-profit organisation striving to make the strategies and approaches of post-16 education institutions sustainable at their core. Their work includes a future graduate skills study, which explores how sustainability skills can be used to improve students' employability prospects and a sustainability sharing series in which those working in higher and further education can meet, discuss and ask questions on incorporating sustainability within education institutions. So we'll be talking to Matt today about the sustainability focused career in the field of education um, to provide an insight for our students about to enter the job market. We'll take the time to explore what Matt's current role is and how it contributes to the mission of achieving sustainability within education. Then finally, we'll discover how Matt got to where they are today and what the future for sustainability in education is shaping up to be. So thank you so much for joining us today, Matt. Um, In this first segment, we'd love to start by learning more about what your current role is and your kind of organisation's sustainability mission and strategy. That sounds great. And thank you so much for inviting me to join today. Um, yeah, um, so my role is Scotland Programme Manager. I job share with my uh, my colleague Rebecca Peckford within EAUC. Um, and as you touched on, EAUC is a, is a member-led charity organisation that supports principally colleges and universities across the UK and Ireland to really embed sustainability across all aspects of our campuses. It's not just what you class maybe traditional sustainability, which is just emissions reduction, it's waste reduction, it's, it's everything. It's looking at particularly curriculum is a growing area. But so, so everything we do on campuses. In Scotland, our team is principally funded by the Scottish Funding Council, so it's a little different from our UK team. Um, so we have a three-year funded programme that we have to deliver. And my and Becker's role within that is to really ensure that the AUC Scotland team delivers that programme on behalf of the Scottish Funding Council, and that ultimately that we really provide a uh, impactful support for all Scotland's colleges and universities in embedding sustainability. And that can look at, well, that can appear in different ways. That could be looking at how to support college and universities to significantly reduce their greenhouse gas emissions. We have a, a range of events called Topic Support Networks, so with nine different topic areas that could be uh, embedding um, education for sustainable development within teaching. We have a student leaders network, for example, which shares best, best practice. Um, or we could be looking at, um, for example, working with senior leaders through partnership organisations such as University of Scotland or the College Development Network to really raise up uh, senior, aware, senior leader awareness of sustainability and try and get sector leadership uh, across the board to make it a higher priority. So it's kind of, you're kind of helping the institutions kind of have the resources and the advice they need to kind of take their institution to be more sustainable in the future is that correct yeah absolutely um what i say traditionally is, is often sustainability is a, within education is such a growing area 
but traditionally it has been maybe one person in a significantly large organization um, and that's quite isolating so what we try and do is a lot of replication of activities it does change between institutions but um for example carbon reporting there's this methodology that you can use for that so what we do is bring them together into a space we discuss best practice we can bring in speakers from other parts or other sectors of the businesses um construction is a great one there's lots of innovation out with the education sector that's happening around passive house for example um that might be happening in housing but not necessarily in institutions so we bring those speakers in share that best practice and that starts to embed it within the education system thank you so much so it sounds like you have quite a few strategies in order to to implement you know this this larger goal of trying to embed sustainability in universities um so that strategy it sounds like it includes kind of at the senior level uh, it sounds like it includes bringing in kind of speakers and conferences do you also engage with students in in part of what you do and how how do you do that a really good question and it's uh it's one we we're still trying to work with how well we fit with that um so what i'd say for in the education sphere sos uk is principally the, the go-to organization to support students in this field um but we recognize as well that you know sector staff don't always feel that's the space for them um but they support students so what we try and do is try and kind of bridge this space a little bit um so that could be for example supporting uh teaching staff looking at the SCG teaching, which is the SOS UK campaign, um, how can they embed the SCG goals in their teaching? So we look at that aspect. We've also developed um, a student careers guide actually for sustainability um, that we just recently updated. So we're looking at, you know, we can find that to career services. So our principal point of contact will be with the staff who then hopefully that empowers them to work with students. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And kind of, I guess, looking at like a, from a broader perspective, why do you think sustainability is so important? in the field of education, why is it important to focus on? I know, I think that is, well, that is such a great question. And sadly, it's one that's, I think, well, it's often politicized, uh, sadly. But so what I would say is straight off, I won't go into all the details, but uh, I really suggest anyone who's really wanting a clear, concise rationale why it's crucial to get sustainability into education, really check out uh, the COI 16 statement that EAC supported. It's, uh, if you Google that, uh, it'll come up. And this statement was developed by students to be fed into COP26 to get their voice heard. And on a moral stance, the uh, majority of current and future students in the UK are, are going to be significantly impacted by climate change, both now and increasingly so. Um, and if you look at the actuary tables, which look at the life expectancy of some in, in the UK, they show that they, an 18-year-old starting university or college today, on average, is going to live for another 60 years. If you then look at the, the Met Office and the Committee on Climate Change analysis of the forecast impacts of climate change here in the UK, it, just in the next 30 years time, we're expecting heat waves that once happened once every 10 years to become every other year. Um, as an example that they given there was the 2018 heat wave. I don't remember it. I don't remember if 2018 has been a particularly warm year. It might have been. Um, but sadly, in England, they, you know, Public Health England data shows about 850 people died from that. But we don't really discuss it too much. But that is the level that was once one in 10 years is going to be every other year. So our students are going to be feeling that in the future. Um, so there's a moral point of view that education needs to respond to the use in their own emissions. Absolutely. More widely, I'd say, you know, in the, the COI 16 statement pulls out that, you know, in 2019-20, there were over 5 million students enrolled in UK colleges and universities. And this represents 7% of the UK's population and 12% of its economically active population. 
So therefore, you know, for the further and higher education sector presents such a unique place and unique opportunity to provide a significant portion of the population with the skills and the values we need to support sustainable development at a whole societal level. Um, and also to support key specific skills relating to low carbon worlds, you know, we could say geoengineering, um, uh, looking at heat pumps, things, those sorts of skills to deliver the technology. But equally, we, we should also be looking to equip people with the life skills, the, uh, the soft skills to be resilient people, to understand that this is an increasingly changing world that is, is fast because of digitalization. So the speed of change is so much faster, but then we've got this, this back catalog of environmental changes happening in the background. Are we equipping our students enough to be resilient, self-aware people who have skills like systems thinking to understand impacts more widely around them? I think in some places we are getting there, but it's, it's quite slow. So I think in these two aspects, uh, it's so crucial why sustainability should be embedded in education. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree with everything you said. And, and it's uh, when, especially, you know, in your, your post-16 or you're at university, you're at an age when you're starting to kind of find your place in the world and you're starting to really think about how you fit into that. And it seems like the perfect opportunity then to bring in how does sustainability fit into that? Should, you know, how can I be literate in sustainability and how can that support, how can I use that to support my lifestyle? And also, you know, how can I bring this into part of what I do? Um, so it sounds like, yeah, the work you're doing is really important part of that in kind of bringing people aware of, of, of the climate situation at that period in their time when that's, you know, they're finding their place in the world and discovering who they are. So it'd be great to learn a bit more about kind of your career journey um, and maybe any like events or moments or like skills that kind of got you to where you are today. Um, yeah, so I think I did quite a traditional sustainability route, which I'll, I'll touch on later and say that's not needed as much today. But uh, so I did a job for very classic. Um, and then I did also work, I did an international land and water management degree. Um, so I looked at principally sustainable land management, agricultural systems in developing countries. So quite far from what I'm doing today. Um, so that's kind of more my, my educational background. And what I'd say is, you know, sustainability in its current sense, I wouldn't say has always been there for me, but sustainable development has. Um, my first role when I graduated uh, was as fuel poverty officer at Bradford Council. It's the first time they had that role. So I was going into to people's homes and giving home energy advice. And that uh, that was a, was a really interesting role because I think it fitted my values around sustainability, um, not just in a, an environmental sense, but, you know, yeah, uh, sustainable development, helping people. So I'd give about I think like 130 energy audits into people's homes in six months. And it just really eye-opening, you know, and really gave me a grounding. I can imagine difficult as well, though, like very, must be very hard to kind of, um, you know, to see people suffering and to see people who are in a difficult place. Um, was that was that something as well that you experienced or? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it was it was exceptionally eye opening. So the, the, the nice thing was actually it was in my home city. Um, so I come from Bradford and I appreciated this high levels of poverty in, in Bradford. But then to go into people's homes was a whole different level for, for me to experience that. I, for example, I went to, to one lady's house who was a recovered alcoholic, did an amazing job to, to turn her life around. But at the point I saw her, she, was, she had a 15-year-old boy in the local school and she'd sold the doors for alcohol previously. So she had no doors in the house. 
Um, she had a boiler that hadn't worked for six months and she didn't know she could get her support. But I was like, you know, how does that kid go to educate, you know, into an education system and thrive? And that sort of experience taught me, you know, when we say, why can't people just do this environmental lifestyle sometimes? You're like, is there's so many barriers, real barriers to a lot of the population. So it gave me a really good nuance of saying we can't just do blanket bans it or, you know, tactics for these things. That's in, like very, very true. And I feel like um, there's so many parts to play in kind of sustainability. It's not just an easy solution that has to be, especially I feel like bottom up solutions got to work with people, understand what they need and want and what barriers they're facing. Because um, climate isn't always a big priority for people. There's other things that they need to uh, do and get to get by. And um, yeah, no, it's really important work. So, so it sounds like that kind of part of, of that role bought, bought a skill, which was kind of maybe an understanding of, of how sustainability, the, some of the barriers to kind of applying sustainability more broadly. What, were, what are some of the other skills you think you've picked up from that role or other roles uh, that have really equipped you for what you're doing now? Yeah, um, I'd say one, one really key experience for me was, was part of my master's programme and we did a consultancy project. Um, and to sum up, that was stakeholder engagement would be the really key thing. And I think it's a step from that fuel poverty officer of really empathizing with people uh, and, and really listening. And just in, as, as a quick summary, um, we were asked to go to an olive oil cooperative in Spain. And um, they've been a split five years ago. Half of them went organic, half of them went non organic, and they won't talk to each other. <laughs> they just they were, they were friends and they just would not talk to each other. They were like, and they were, they were both saying, calling each other idiots and, uh, and whatnot. And they were like, that was it. So we were, we were given the task, it's like, can you get them talking? And it was really interesting because the, the president, I'd say, was diplomatic, but he was a non organic farmer and he was like, yeah, they're, they're a bit loco, those ones, but you know, I, I try and keep the peace. And what was amazing, I found, because you're like, okay, uh, you know, we're doing these in-depth interviews, we'll try and gauge them over a four-week period. And it's right at the end that this president actually, you know, it took, took a long time to build this trust. And, you know, you, you can hear what someone's saying to start off, but what they're actually saying, what they're feeling can be two different things, or, you know, they're putting up front. And what he said at the end was actually, I get what these organic farmers are doing. I get it. But for me, being on my tractor once a fortnight, tilling the field and spraying the pesticide, to me, that's what the idea of being a farmer is. I, I says, I appreciate my yield is lower. I'm spending, I'm wasting money, but that's my identity. And it, was, it, took, it took time to get there. So I feel like taking that into sustainability role, it's difficult. Sometimes we, we have one shot to engage with a senior leader or things like that. But you, you really, you should be, don't, just don't crook to all that, build a relationship people because and what they're saying isn't always the what they're meaning so just just check it keep it going that's such a fascinating story that's like it's so interesting how it took four weeks to get to that point do you think it was a journey for that individual as well do you think they were kind of figuring that out as they were talking to you and kind of it was a journey for them to realize you know what why is it so important for me to to farm in this way Maybe and, and it's and I'm not I'm not quite sure if it was something they always knew or anything, but I think you know the way we kind of presented it was I guess hopefully it was it was it was successful in the end. But I th- I'd say you know it was trying to be non-judgmental. It's kind of like the COI sixteen segment. These are the the science behind it, and we're trying to understand your actions. There's a bit of a gap there, so let's explore that space. And I think sometimes we you know in that in in that particular example we had to put the, sh- the spotlight on him a bit and be like 
no, we want to dig deeper because what you're saying doesn't match up with this. And, you know, eventually shared it. But that was in a space where there was these different groups of people. And I think it took a lot for him to say that because it showed actually, yeah, it's acknowledging maybe I've got it wrong or I know I've got it wrong for many years. Um, and, and that's a lot to own up to. It might not change his behaviours. But just to acknowledge that is a big step. Just, just out of curiosity, how did you? What, what happened next? Like, did they change their behaviour or not? Or I, sad, sad, I don't know. <laughs> then we, we, we got to go, but we we actually made a little. Um, yeah, it was nice because as part of it, we did a, a. I think it's another you know relatable topic for discussing just how to engage with people. So we did the boring science report. I'd say um, I'm, I'm very rubbish at science. Um, and the writing side, but then alongside that, so we were doing soil profiles, we're taking pictures. So how do we engage farmers with this? And so we actually made a film alongside it um, and they loved it. They were just like, you know, even if they didn't particularly like each other on some level, they were laughing at each other. Like, oh, look at you on the big screen, Hollywood, off you go. Um, And so, yeah, so hopefully at the end of that, people did change, or at least it's it's a bridging point hopefully they, they, they did use that space and they talked for the first time in five years so that's the starting point yeah I think it shows how important kind of people skills are but also just having conversations um rather than kind of not necessarily like preaching things but just understanding different people's perspectives and really engaging with people I think it's very important um going forward yeah we'll move on to our last um kind of segment where and it would be good to highlight the emerging opportunities in the field of education and maybe how students can get involved. So I guess the first question is, where do you and your organisation kind of hope to take sustainability going forward in your kind of goals um, and what the future of education looks like to you? Yeah, it's a crystal ball. It's, it's quite a challenge. Um, but I think absolutely positive in terms of where sustainability fits in education. I think it's, uh, it's something that's only going to get stronger. It's not going to be backtracking. Um, and I think, you know, when we were talking to the team this week, there's so many job applications going in terms of a strict sustainability lead role. Um, but more widely, you know, in terms of like our, our engagement with our events, we're seeing so much more teaching staff who don't come from sustainable development or geography background. They're, you know, uh, my colleague Lucy's doing this um, uh, Futures Curricula series. And it's like, okay, sustainability and hair and beauty. You know, so we're getting hair and beauty lecturers and teaching staff coming in and discussing, okay, why are we using these sorts of aerosols when there's alternatives here? And actually in terms of, you know, um, students marketing themselves when they, they set up their own salon, this is so much better. You know, it's great. I remember um, Fort Valley College here, they, they were part of um, some work we did a number of years ago and I was in town and I saw the first vegan salon in uh, Sterling and I was like, you know, a student's taken that, taken this sustainability, all this wider sustainable development, and put it into a business plan. It's amazing. So, so I think, um, yeah, it, really positive where sustainability and education is going. It's going to be more everybody's job role. Um, one thing you talked about where we hope it goes to as an organisation, we have really see what I'd call as like diffuse leadership. Education is people might, might disagree in some places, but it's exceptionally hierarchical, I'd say. And there's, there's very, all these formal hierarchies, but what we really need is everyone to be able to step up and play a part within their role. Um, and we've seen that. We, we deliver carbon literacy training, and it's great because 
they, as part of that, the Carbon Initiative Project, they have to develop a pledge specific to their role. And if you're a vice chancellor, you've got to have a, such a good pledge up there that's going to be systematic change. But you can also be a person on the library desk and you've got to do a pledge on sustainability specific to your role. And it's how I'm exploring it. So I think, um, yeah, we're going to see people stepping up in sustainability. So you don't need to be a sustainability professional to get into it, to do a role that includes sustainability. Yeah, no, definitely. And have you seen much change in kind of um, demand, I guess, over the years in terms of people wanting to have carbon literacy training or wanting to have kind of go to these talks and events where you can learn from other institutions? Has there been a growing demand for this? Absolutely. Um, we're saying particularly, I think, on the teaching side um, and Scotland, I've just done our annual park for Scotland. Um, but as an example, this year, we often held a, a conference every 18 months or so. Um, and this last year, we haven't held a conference. Um, but we've actually had, I believe, the, the highest amount of event attendance out, you know, ever in 12 years. And usually that, that only happens when we get a conference. We have another 100 people come. So we're getting more and more engaged in that all our topic support networks, events. We had a recent, um, our education one um, that Lucy supports. Um, I think 70 odd people joined earlier in the year. That's the highest any event we've, we've had um, out with a conference. So yeah, that's all happened in this last year. Uh, so I think absolutely COP26 has really helped drive it up the agenda, but also, you know, here in Scotland, College Development Network and, and places that have done a a commitment to say they're going to embed sustainability more across all the colleges so it's raised it up the agenda that's super exciting no and it's it, you know it's really inspiring to hear that this progress is being made within the space of a year even in challenging times you know we've had covid the past two years it's it's really inspiring and positive to hear that, that there's more of a demand and people are more kind of engaging with sustainability more in all different types of roles So I think we'll just finish up with our final question. Um, so what advice would you have for students entering the job market in kind of sustainability and education? I think it's, there, it's changed now, but I say don't feel like you need a geography degree or central development degree to get into uh, a sustainability role. Uh, I think that's an assumption I made 14 years ago when I went to start at university. Um, but as a, as a really good example uh, of that last year, EAC Scotland recruited a new team member for the role of networks and communications. And previously, the role had asked for a degree or equivalent experience in a sustainability-related degree, such as environmental sciences. And when we re-advertised it uh, this last year, we actually changed that specification and said, actually, you know, you can, it'd be great if you had a degree or equivalent experience. And actually, sustainability communications within a business administration is a desirable. We've shifted it across. Actually, I would love to have someone who is amazing at the comms. That's that's their role, their bread and butter. And if they've got, they can show an interest in sustainability, fantastic. So I want an ex excellent communicator who can take these messages and put them out there. I don't necessarily need someone who knows everything about sustainability. That's, you know, you've got some key skills as stakeholder engagement. That's what we really need. I think another um, don't, as we just touched on it, don't feel like you need to know everything. And, uh, you know, so we have these different networks and sustainability managers in a university who've been there 20 years do not know everything. This is such an emerging area. And as it grows within education, as you let's say traditionally sustainability is sat in estates and it's been about waste reduction and carbon. Now it's about that sustainability lead going to a teaching staff and saying, what do you teach? Uh, and how can we how can we get something together? That's a whole new space for them. So you can't know everything. Um, and I think, yeah, 
if it sometimes it feels when you're I think hunting for jobs that you should, but don't feel actually feel that it's it's not realistic. I think what I would say instead is that you know the do is really have a, a good foundation knowledge of sustainability. You know, it's that's important. Um, and if you you know looking if you haven't graduated graduated already and you're saying actually I've got space for a placement or a dissertation and you're interested in sustainability consider getting a lens on that. So, you know, maybe you're doing business administration and you want to focus on business and sustainability. Use that opportunity because that's really good for when you're looking at applications to show your commitment uh, to it. And I think as a, as a, as a last one, um, I said, you know, irrespective of whether you want to go into sustainability role or not, do self-care when you're doing job applications and recognize it's a, it's a journey. Um, we touched on my career journey and what I missed off was I spent uh, two years working in Cotswolds Outdoors in retail and it was a real low point of my life. I was just like, this is, retail is really not for me. I was, uh, I spent eight, eight, eight hours folding t-shirts and then I would get up in the middle of the night thinking I was still at work and <laughs> go to my wardrobe. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm not getting paid enough for this. Um, but yeah, does it, I think so. I think it's it's hard because you have these expectations from society, from yourself, from parents, from peers. But to really recognise it's a journey, irrespective of where you're at. And you know, my first career was the fuel poverty work. I then worked at National Trust as a volunteer with outdoor education with kids, which was into a students' union and sustainability to this role. So it's it is a journey. So you know, sometimes just take stock and remove yourself a little bit from expectations, and it's okay. Yeah, and definitely you can see from your journey, like you've picked up skills and kind of knowledge along the way that's got you to where you are now. So I feel like you can take something away from every kind of job you have, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time, you'll learn something. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good way of putting it. I think just maybe one, one thing to touch on next, I think it's, it's it was really useful for me was um, a volunteering experience and just in that space. And I think that's quite an accessible thing for students, potentially getting to volunteering. So maybe that's something you can just pick up on. Yeah, and how long how long did you do it for? That that's that was a bridge for me getting a student union job in sustainability, and that was the elite frog. So I think that was that's quite a good crux to look at. So that was a, a six month period. Um, so we had um, four and a half thousand kids coming uh, over that period. So it's like ninety kids a day teaching them outdoor education. <laughs> so pond dipping, wild art, it was everything. We had eighteen month. Uh, I, we did um, monkey pups, which was like 18 months to five-year-olds and the parents doing like wild art and things. And that for me, I mean, I was lucky in, in the sense that it was a volunteer role and they provided accommodation for me. And I did have financial support for my mum. My she gave me 300 pounds a month and that covered my living costs uh, for everything uh, for six month period. But that was really important for me because that was that role, although it was volunteering, they put me in a role of, of quite a lot of responsibility, dealing with full school kids, dealing with teachers, parents, also the other volunteers. So that's kind of in a volunteer management level. And when I went to apply for this role at University of Stirling Students' Union, I feel like if I didn't have that volunteering experience, I wouldn't have got that job. Uh, and it was a job that, you know, at the end of it, my, my manager was like, you, you, you thrive in that job, you thrived in that job at the Students' Union. But I put it down to that volunteering experience, you know, again, engaging with people, but equally in sustainability is so much of it is still, um, it's if you go into conservation or into education, you, you have green champion groups. It's about working with volunteers. 
and understanding expectations and, and, and values and things. So I'd say if, uh, if as a student, you have the opportunity to do volunteering, uh, make sure you pick a good one. Uh, a, that's a good one because you don't want to, you know, if you've got them to amount of time, make sure you do some homework and say, actually, am I going to be given enough responsibility to get what I want out of this? Um, but do take that opportunity if you can, because I think that's really, really important. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, it sounds like you gained a lot of skills from that as well, which have been useful, as you were saying, for that job, but also probably maybe throughout your career. Um, and again, it's 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 about taking opportunities partly, isn't it? And 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 kind of looking at things and, and seeing what's out there and not being afraid to take a leap. <laughs>